is episode number 13 of the High Impact Leaders Podcast, your shortcut to personal growth and career success. Welcome to episode number 13 of High Impact Leaders. I'm Doug Stannard, CEO of the Leaders Institute, and this is the podcast that helps people just like you acquire leadership and management skills to improve your careers and facilitate dynamic growth in your in your business. Our topic today is leading a virtual team. Basically, we're going to talk about how to lead your team remotely. And with the COVID-19 crisis that 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 a lot of us are in the middle of right now, Many companies have had to adjust to manage teams remotely on the fly. And for the first 15 years or so that the Leaders Institute existed, we operated the entire company remotely. So, in fact, we went through the opposite of what a lot of companies in the last couple of weeks have had to go through uh, because we had to adjust our company culture from going from a virtual company to an office environment. And of course, I mean, the advantage that we had is we had a couple of years to master that change. So when the virus epidemic hit, we, you know, we had to start working remotely too, but we had a distinct advantage over a lot of our competitors because we had been doing this for, for a while already. So we, we were kind of skilled at, at, the, um, the, at leading a virtual team and, and participating as a virtual team. So um, hopefully, um, so what we're going to cover here is we're going to cover a few tips that you can use based on our experience, and perhaps you can get a jump on your competition as well by doing some of the suggestions that we, we kind of lay out here. Uh, before we kind of get into all of the, the, the tips and things that we've kind of found that work better if you have a remote team, there are some significant differences between an office environment and a remote team that you absolutely need to be aware of. I mean, there's a lot of similarities between, you know, being in an office and, and working remotely, but there are quite a few differences that are important. The main thing that you need to know if you're leading a virtual team, though, is that team that, that remote teams are not necessarily ideal for every single person or for every single worker. So if you're, if, if you're, team is working remotely temporarily, most likely your team members are, are going to manage and they'll adjust. However, if you choose to work remotely on a more permanent basis, your choice of personnel in that role is going to be critical. In fact, your personnel choice or your personnel choices, I guess, is probably a better way to say it, are, are way more important to the success of your virtual team than the communication that we're going to talk about or the processes that we're going to walk you through. Um, with all that being said, let's cover, you know, the advantages and disadvantages of a remote team. So for the advantages of having a remote team or having a group that works remotely, it, the, the main advantage of leading a team like this is that you aren't limited territorially in your personnel choices. And I have to admit, I totally underestimated how valuable this was before I built my office, <laughs> because in the early days of, of my company, I was able to attract some fairly elite level employees and contractors. And the reason why was because I was able to choose from the population of the world, not just within 25 miles of my office. Uh, so, I mean, that, that is a distinct advantage. Now, uh, now obviously, since we've done the, uh, the, the shift to an office environment, um, we've had to be a lot more 
selective on uh, acquiring uh, new talent here, but um, we, we've had some fantastic results with acquiring talent locally at home, but it took a lot more time. It was a whole lot more difficult to kind of go through that process. Much easier when you're choosing from the entire world. Um, another major advantage is freedom, by the way. Uh, it's freedom, flexibility. I mean, when your commute is like 32 feet, you can be way more productive much earlier in the day. Uh, you can you can take a break in the middle of the day and have lunch with your kids. And as long as you keep dis, that discipline routine or keep discipline in your routine, you can often get more done in less time as a remote team member. In addition, if your team is entirely virtual, you also have a significant cost saving. So this is the main reason why I kept our company virtual for so long. I mean, our overhead was just significantly lower than a lot of our major competitors. So as a result, our customers got more value for from hiring our team members versus hiring one of our competitors. Uh, now, the disadvantages, though, are are there as well. So remote teams, they're not necessarily an entire, you know, a panacea where everything is is rosy. Um, there are, you know, some distinct challenges, and these challenges can actually be costly. For instance, remote team members are isolated from the company culture, and this is especially challenging when some team some of your team members are working in the office and others are remote. That's one of the things that we're starting to see now during the COVID-19 crisis is that um, some of the folks are they're required they're needed at the office whereas others are working from home and the remote team team members can sometimes be kind of left out of the loop or they may begin to feel like they're not a significant part of the of the team so that's something to kind of look out for as the leader the biggest challenge that i saw though from over 10 years of of being a virtual company is that um the the success stories that we were experiencing weren't really being shared within the group. And in fact, um, one of the things that we did was we, we started devoting about 10 minutes of our weekly meeting time just to share customer success stories from the previous week just because we knew how important it was, how vital it was. Um, the, the Another major drawback of a remote team, by the way, is miscommunication. So in the office, you know, we, I mean, there's all there's miscommunication in every office, and but if you're in an office environment, new opportunities or word of changes spread pretty quickly through in an office environment. In a remote team, though, there's a much higher chance that team members will will not be in. Formed, um, or they won't inform each other of progress that's made on projects. Um, there's also a much higher chance that team members are going to be duplicating effort or creating challenges for one another. So all of those things are kind of inherent in the um, the remote model. And so some of the things that we're going to cover in this session are going to be things that you can do to kind of mitigate some of those those weaknesses or some of those challenges and and uh, make it to where you're capitalizing on the strengths while minimizing the weakness of the remote team. Um, one final thing, though, that is really critical to uh, as far as um, negatives of a remote team, and this is really the reason why I finally moved uh, my team to an office environment years ago, is collaboration. You, you, it doesn't really matter how many great minds that you have on your team if you can't get your team to share ideas regularly. And that was really one of the things that we were missing. We had a lot of, we had some of the most intelligent people and some of the most successful people in the world on our staff, 
But, um, you know, they, since most everybody was working from their home and traveling, uh, we, we got to speak to each other maybe 10 or 15 minutes a week all together. And as a result, we, it, it, the collaboration was kind of lacking. And so that's one of the reasons why I kind of created a, a more of an office environment here at the Leaders Institute. Um, so these are some of the tips, though, just based on our experience. These are some of the things that can really help you mitigate some of those those negatives or mitigate some of those challenges. The first thing that I would suggest that you do is create some type of communication guide. I call ours our critical communication guide. And you want to do that before you actually go remote. Now, I know a lot of people are already remote um, during the, the crisis. Uh, you can still go back and create this, especially if you're starting to see a lot of the miscommunication. But, but since, since we started as a virtual team, we never really sat down to create one of these things in the beginning, and that was really a challenge. So we created it as we went along based on the mistakes and challenges that we experienced. Now, I don't suggest that you do this, by the way. It's, it's a very costly way to create the communication guide. And it doesn't have to be comprehensive, and it doesn't have to be extremely detailed, but it, you should put whatever guide that you're creating in writing. You want to make it to where people can go to it, read up on it, see it, you know, and, and that way it's it's clear. It's easy for everybody to kind of know, okay, this is how we're going to communicate during this time period. The document is basically just a way for you as the leader to outline your expectations of how your team is going to communicate. You know, for instance, we've got internal projects that sometimes have four or five people that may be working on each individual project and each of those team members needs to know the protocol for how to let the other team members know when the project is ready for input from one of the other team members you know for example We've recently been working at our office here on creating and releasing online mini courses, and the team consists of four people. It's got me, it's got the videographer, the website person, and the copywriter. And the website person can't really do a lot, though, until the copy is written and the video is, is completely edited. So it, it's important for each of those team members to keep her in the loop on the timetable. So as they complete one of the, one of the, the ad copies, uh, make sure that gets sent over to her and she knows about it. So it, it's prior to having the, the guide in place, by the way, team members would kind of jump from project to project, not realizing that some of their coworkers were actually waiting for them to complete a task and the, and the more incidents like that that occur, the higher the frustration level is going to be. So you just want to be really careful about the communication because that's going to be one of the really major challenges of working remotely. Um, the, a few things that, um, that you should probably include in this communication guide that can help you avoid miscommunication. One of the things that we do is, especially since we've gone back to being a virtual company temporarily, is we started to do a daily face-to-face -face meeting via Zoom. Now, you can do this on a conference call or something like that, but the reason why we like to do it with Zoom is that um, the, the collaboration challenge that we talked about before can be reduced if you have face-to-face -face meetings more often. You don't necessarily have to do them daily like we're doing them, but you can start with daily and then you can adjust them as, as needed. So as the leader though, you're, you're gonna experience a higher level of comfort with your virtual team if you can see them daily. You know, we, we communicate a lot of information visually when we speak. Um, so email, texting, phone calls, and chat, they're, they're less efficient and they have a higher chance of creating problems or miscommunication. People start reading tones into different things like that. Whereas if we actually see the person face to face, 
it's a little bit easier to make sure that that communication has occurred. The second thing that you can do in your, in your communication guide is keep your meeting short and have an agenda. So when you meet with your team, outline the agenda of what we're going to cover in that conversation, what we're going to cover in that meeting. And if you want team members to give you an update on a project, give them a warning. Put that in the agenda because if you just call on them on the spur of the moment, especially if they're not really used to communicating via Zoom or one of the or one of the other portals that you're using, you're going to get less participation. Now, typically about 30 minutes is a good maximum time for a meeting. And by the way, that's the same whether you're in an office or virtual. If you let the time get away from you, you're going to be wasting. You know, if you're if your team is in a meeting, they're not really being productive. So that's one of the things to kind of keep in mind. Um, another thing that we use, another tool that we use that's really helpful is we use Slack so that everybody can stay in the loop. And it, we use Slack, by the way, to share information within the team. And, and if you've never used this before, if you've never used this tool before, in short, it's a way to chat with your team members, but the chats are stored and they're cataloged. The conversations that we have are stored and cataloged. Uh, and they're cataloged into things that are called channels. That's the term that they use, and channels are basically topics. So to understand the, the brilliance of the concept, uh, I'll give you an example, because I, I'll, I'll, I guess I gotta admit, I was a little resistant to, to Slack before I, I really saw the value, and now I can't think of actually doing business without this, this tool. It's really effective. Um, but I'll give you an example of how, where, where Slack can be helpful. So my church has a text group. And on occasion, my pastor will send out a group text, and every time he does, my phone blows up for the next hour with people in the group replying to let the pastor know that they got the text, <laughs> right? So if there's 100 people or 1,000 people on a text, oh my gosh, you know, and all it takes is a few people for every text to kind of reply back, and all of a sudden you get beep, 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 and it, it kind of blows up. Well, uh, it, and it can be it can get a little annoying. So if if you're a manager of a remote group, you may be tempted to just quickly send out a, a, a message, whether via email or text or something like that, to the whole group. And and as people respond, the rest of the folks are going to start to get annoyed. With Slack, your team can choose which channels are important for them to receive notifications. So for instance, um, uh, let's say a customer has a question. Well, that question can be funneled to our sales channel on Slack. So when the request comes in, the entire sales staff can, if they want to, get notified instantly and simultaneously. So everybody kind of sees it. Um, or it could be that um, the only a single salesperson or a group of uh, two or three salespeople or a group of salespeople are on duty at any given time. So they've turned their notifications on. Everybody else turns them off. You can do stuff like that. You can you can get out of the group chat fairly easily. And so that uh, so a single sales rep now that receives that that um, text or that that chat can reply to the channel with a check mark, letting everybody in that channel know that that they've gotten the request and that they're following up on it. So just really quick and easy. That way nobody else has to worry about it. And you as the manager at the end of the day can go into the channel and look at all of the activity. You can look and see at everything that happened that day. So it's a it's 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 a really, really neat tool for helping you keep organized and helping you go back to kind of see what your team is doing without having to look over the shoulder the whole time. Um, the sales rep can also go into your like social media channel or, or marketing channel at any time to see what the marketing team is, is working on. So they don't necessarily have to get 
updates when the marketing team does something, but if they want to kind of see, hey, what are the marketing pieces that are going to go out, they can go and look at the discussions that the marketing team has been having. Um, so, I mean, it's it's a it's very helpful. We find it to to be very useful for a lot of different things, uh, and so I, I would have you I would encourage you to investigate Slack a little bit. Um, Here's a little bonus tip, by the way. This is one that we've actually just started using recently. We didn't use this back in the olden days when we were an entirely virtual team. But um, since we've started using Slack and we can do this, this has been so helpful, especially with as many changes as are occurring and how frequently those changes are occurring in, in the business world right now. So a bonus tip would be to post to Slack uh, with frequent summaries of of what's kind of going on. So like we actually created a new channel called Daily Updates <laughs> where each manager goes in at the end of the day or sometime toward the end of the day anyway to give a quick summary of what their team worked on that day. Um, usually it's just one sentence or two sentences and 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 it's very high level stuff. But the, the summary allows the team members to go to a single place to identify major ideas or changes that are going on company-wide. And if the team member sees something of interest, he or she can just click on that particular channel to find out more. So if, if, if the high-level item that the sales market or the uh, marketing manager posted in, in the daily summary was of interest to somebody, they can actually go into the marketing channel and, and, uh, and get more details about it. Um, so in addition to the communication, that's that's part one. Communication is going to be critical. The second thing that's really important is the systems that you put in place for your virtual team. Uh, they're, they're critical to having increased productivity. So once you have that communication strategy in place, you also have to create and refine your processes because if you don't hold your team accountable for for results, they're gonna they'll spend way too much time on the individual tasks. So I, I'll give you a good example. Um, I hired a, a video guy to help us with video production a couple of years ago, and he and I would would meet to record footage for YouTube and our online courses. And and since the guy is a professional and 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 was really really good at what he did, very very high level, I didn't really take the time to kind of create a step by step process to make sure that we were producing results. So after a month or so, we had like 30 hours of footage. It was it was it was phenomenal. We had just we had this incredible amount of footage and a couple of really stellar videos that were produced. Um, so since there was no goal, there was no timetable that was established. I mean, this guy, because he was such a, an artist, he spent weeks editing, 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 and refining each of the the videos, and and they were top notch. I mean, they were oh, awesome. You can still see them on YouTube if you want to, but but we just weren't producing them fast enough. So as a result, I was spending I don't know thousands and thousands of dollars for every five minute video that we were creating. So eventually I figured out that we had to kind of set a, a, a production schedule with with deadlines and that that worked really, really well. Once um once the expectations were there with the team member, it was real easy to to keep track of whether or not we were meeting those goals. So one of the so one of the things that you can do is actually set weekly goals with the team. You don't necessarily have to set the goal for them. In fact, it's better if they set their goals themselves. Because the temptation is to create just a task list for your team 
And just so you know, that's very time consuming. I've tried it. It's time consuming. I've tried all these things, the things that don't work, I'm telling you not to do. Um, but it, and it's kind of juvenile too. You're kind of looking over people's shoulders. So instead, meet with your individual team members for just, I don't know, a few minutes at the beginning of, of each week and then help them establish their weekly goals. Then you as the leader roll up all the individual goals and then you and then into a unified kind of team goal for the week. So setting the goals is really important, but you also have to follow up with your team about the goals. So at the beginning of each week, you want to first focus on the results that we got last week. So, and this is a good place, by the way, to be really lavish with your praise with your team. Really compliment them on the success that they had in the previous week. Remember, you're not seeing these folks on a daily basis. And so sometimes they they're it's more likely that they're gonna kind of feel out of the loop. So it's really important that you call attention to those great successes that you're that you're having so that we continue to increase the productivity. So um, when you create the, the project list with um, roles for each team member, that can be helpful as well. Um, after each team member sets his or her weekly goal with you, then you can just add them, have them add tasks to a project task list. Um, this way, you know, as they accomplish one of the tasks, they can kind of check it off. And, and it, it, it gives them a sense of, of accomplishment. It also documents the productivity of the team member. Uh, the, just so you know, this is one of those things that um, can be very time consuming for you as the manager. So this is important that you're having your team member kind of do that. And this is an easy thing to do in Slack or some of the other uh, software products that are out there. Just make it to where, like for instance, what we'll do is um, when when um, some video footage is recorded and it's been edited, then all the the video person will do now is just kind of she'll she'll um, send a link to where that that uh, footage is or the edited video is on our Google Drive. She'll link send that out through Slack, and then she'll send a notification to that group saying, hey, I've just posted, I just finished the video that for this week and it's posted at blank. And that's it. So basically it's a it's that's something that now it's easy to inform the entire team that something has accomplished and it's and it's real easy for you as the manager to kind of go back and and see that the team is being really productive throughout the process. Um, by the way, I mentioned uh, Google Drive. I, it, you want to use some type of document sharing, some type of cloud sharing for a collaboration on projects. So we use G Suite, um, the Google cloud sharing service. Um, and so if the copywriter is working on a copy for a web page, the web designer can access the document in real time. So the the the, um, the website designer can actually go in and copy and paste the copywriter's text while she's still working on it, knowing it's not the finished product, but to put it as in in the space so she can see what it's going to look like when she puts the photos and everything on the on the web page. So your your entire team has access to all the documents all the time, so it improves communication pretty dramatically. Um, one other quick thing is that as a leader, your role is to is to communicate one on one with your team members frequently. So a lot of times we'll say, ah, well, I got the Zoom meeting and I'm so I, I'm, I'm meeting with everybody on a daily basis. After you meet with them as a whole, start reaching out to each team member individually. And I suggest that you use Zoom for this as well or FaceTime or some other visual type of, of communication. Because if your team member is having challenges, then he or she's probably not going to want to divulge that to the entire group. But they're more likely to confide in you personally if you if you're reaching out. So it helps you kind of keep 
in tune and in touch with your team members and, and the, the challenges that they might be going through, especially through a, a challenging time like this. So just kind of as a summary, let me give you a few kind of do's and don'ts. I'll start with the don'ts. These are things that you probably want to avoid. You, you, you don't want to try to do everything yourself. Right? You don't want to do that. That's not good leadership. You also probably don't want to try to micromanage your, your team members. You didn't do that while they were in the office, so there's no reason to micromanage them when they're at home either. Don't have meetings just to have meetings. Um, if you're if you find that the meeting schedule that you're that you've kind of created is, you don't have enough time or you, you're not covering a whole lot, then it's okay to cancel a meeting for the day if there's nothing really to cover. If nothing new has come in, be careful not to criticize. Don't criticize your your team. Um, they're already going through a lot of negative, so be very careful about that. And in addition to that, you also don't want to add to the negative morale that they're going through. So. Just kind of keep that in mind. They look. If you're the leader, you want to be the uplifting person within within the group. Um, instead, try to do these things. Get your team to set and monitor their goals themselves. Get them to do it. If they're if they're setting their goals, if they're monitoring their goals, they're more likely to accomplish those goals. In addition, collaborate. Use the tools. Use Slack and use Zoom to be able to collaborate with your team more effectively. Use virtual meetings to build teamwork. Praise the heck out of your, your team members. Add energy and optimism to all your meetings and all of your interactions with your, with your groups. And if you do those things, you're going to be leading a fantastic remote team that gets you fantastic result, results and productivity. So hopefully it's been helpful for you. We'll see you next week on the High Impact Leaders Podcast. <laughs>